Welcome to the Bad for Business podcast, brought to you by the Founders Fund. The Bad for Business podcast uncovers the real unfiltered stories behind the success of unconventional, disruptive, and downright bad for business entrepreneurs. I'm your host and badass entrepreneur in charge, Vivian Kay. I'm today's host, Amanda Baker. If you're interested in joining a community of bad for business, women identifying founders who gain access to funding, resources, and mentorship, visit us at foundersfund.ca to become a member and learn more. Today is a very special episode. We are excited to be interviewing our regular host, Vivian Kay. What you might not realize about Vivian is that Vivian is a serial entrepreneur who has bootstrapped two businesses, including growing Kinky Curly Yaki to well over a million dollars in revenue all on her own. Today, we dive into a different side of Vivian that you might have not seen before. We talk about Vivian's upbringing, what it was like to be one of the first entrepreneurs in her family, what it was like to get fired, and what her life looks like now as a single mom running successful businesses. We're really excited about this episode, and we're really excited to share some of these insights that Vivian has for you. So sit back and let's get into it with Vivian Kay. Vivian Kay is with us today. (laughs) <laughs> Vivian, you were just, um, before we like get into the, the nitty gritty of this podcast, uh, you were just telling me about some thug tears that you've been crying. Uh, <laughs> could you tell me a little bit more about that? And then we're going to, we're going to get into my questions. Um, well, you know, today I was in my feelings, my thug tears, um, you know, cause you know, Aunt Viz stone cold, right. With mm. the emotions, I don't, I don't show my emotions, but today I'm, it's, it's I, I was, there's tears in my sandwich. There's tears in my sandwich and tears in my tea. Um, because today I made my uh, television debut as the entrepreneur expert on CityLine, which is oh, yeah. a morning show, a national morning show uh, here across Canada. And I am the entrepreneur entrepreneur expert. So that was, uh, it was pretty emotional today. I am not surprised and at the same time, incredibly impressed as I continue to be with you and your work. Viv, congratulations. That's, that's a big deal. Thank you. Thank you. And honestly, this is great timing. I'm so honored to actually be catching you on this day where you're in your thug tears so we can get some of that thug to your energy. You're in your feelings about it, but like you're in your power about it too. That's a a big deal. That's incredible. So you're feeling, go ahead. No, go ahead. I was just going to say, you're interviewing me. I got to, I got to (laughs) take off my interview, my interview hat and put on on my interview wig and put on my be a guest wig. Yeah. (laughs) Uh, I was just going to say, so when we talk about these thug tears, um, can you talk about that balance of power and vulnerability? Oh, wow. That's a really good question. I was not expecting that. Um, Script. Well, you know, the balance between power and, and vulnerability, I think it's something that it's a, it's a tightrope that I think I walk pretty well. Um, Because, you know, especially as women, we're taught, you know, don't, don't cry, don't, or, you know, don't cry, uh, you know, excessively, don't be too sensitive, but don't be too aggressive and don't be too uh, powerful. Don't brag. Don't be too confident where it's like, you know what, where has that gotten me? 
where has being, where has trying to hold in my emotions or not try to be too much Vivian, where's that gotten me? It got me nowhere. So now it's like you're getting 100% Vivian. And that is me being vulnerable. That's me sharing my emotions. That's me sharing the highs and lows and the, the around we goes, like all that. I share all of that and I'm not afraid to do it. So if you think that's powerful, that's great. Thank you. I appreciate that. If you think it's weak or, you know, I shouldn't cry or whatever, then I don't know. You can go go kick rocks with flip-flops. <laughs> I love that. So Viv, you, you just alluded to actually my first question where I want to start this all off. Uh, you just alluded to the fact that you weren't always like this. So let's take it back to when you were a kid, little baby Viv. What was your family structure like? What was your cultural upbringing like? Where did you grow up? Uh, well, I grew up in the Hammer, Hamilton, Ontario. What up? Uh, I'm still here. Actually, no, I'm not still here. I left and then came back. Um, but yeah, I, you know, I came to Canada on my mother's back. Uh, I was born in Ghana, uh, West Africa. And uh, my mom and I came here to join my father, uh, who was here for, uh, you know, who, who uh, was sponsored by my uncle and brought us over. Um, so our up, my upbringing was pretty, um, pretty immigranty, you know, <laughs> I'm one of the, I'm one of four girls. Um, so it was, uh, you know, and we grew up with, you know, tight money situation. Um, you know, I, I was always the black sheep from, from jump. So, you know, I've got the, I've got my three sisters and I was always the one that people remembered. Um, and always the one that acted up, you know, teachers told me I talked too much and I was this and I was that. Well, ha, suck it, teachers. Um, <laughs> well, kick that's rocks. the thing. So kick no rocks. one, yeah, go kick rocks. Well, that's the thing because no one knew what to do with Vivian, right? Because they kept trying to, even through high school, uh, you know, they kept trying to put me, into, they try to force me to get into this box, right? This box, you got to fit into the box. You can't think outside of it. You got to fit in it. All right. Cause that's basically what school's supposed to do. It's supposed to mold mm -hmm. you to be, to live that corporate life mm -hmm. where it, I, it turns out that wasn't, that wasn't really my thing. So, um, you know, I always say, you know, I don't want to be in a box. I didn't want to sit in a box. I always call myself a rhombus or I'm a parallelogram. Like that's mm -hmm. the shape I am. I am mm -hmm. not a typical shape. Um, and I wished when I was younger that people would recognize that people should recognize that not everybody's a square, not everyone's a circle. Some people are stars. Some people are parallelograms. Some people are rhombuses. Mm -hmm. Is that a rhombuses? Rhombus? Rhombi? You know what? I am uh, not traditionally educated in geometry, <laughs> so I don't know. But I'm curious. So when you were younger and people were trying to fit you into this really traditional kind of, I call this the template or the default life. Yes. You very clearly don't fit into that. But did you try to, like, did, was there shame around trying to be the person that your parents and your teachers wanted you to be? Absolutely. I tried to, and I, it, it made me miserable. And even into my adult life, I kept trying and trying and trying. And, you know, every once in a while, Viv would spill out um, and it would be like, ah, I don't know, like, ah, that kind of Viv doesn't fit in here. And it's like, okay, fine. Let me just go back to being, you know, Vivian, right? Mm -hmm. The boring, you know, so um yeah, it's, it's actually what I was actually thinking about um, my last boss. So I haven't had a job in a decade. And I, I, on the way home yesterday, I started thinking about him and he fired me from my last job. Um, and this was a guy that was like, a, he'd come from Sears and like worked there for okay. 30 years. 
and template. His, yeah, very yeah. template. And he replaced the boss who wasn't a template. Right. He was he was someone who uh, was very much like me. So he was a he didn't finish high school. He started from, you know, the bottom and worked his way up to VP of the company that he was at. And when he left to go do bigger things, this corporate soldier replaced him. And I just was thought, you know what? Thank you, because he fired me. And one of the things that he said when he fired me was. Oh, uh, you have your little side, you have your little side hustle business, which at the time was my wedding decor business. He's like, you'll be fine. I am fine. <laughs> you got one thing right. And it's that Vivian is just fucking fine. Jess, I am so fine. <laughs> so I love that. Uh, I want to talk a little bit <laughs> about your past jobs before you branched off into entrepreneurship. Uh, what was your very first job? Do you remember? What was it like? Yeah, my very first job was at... I w- it was at um, uh, Wild Waterworks. So yeah. it's a it's a it's a a water park. <laughs> That's amazing. Here. Yeah, at what at um here in Stony Creek or like East uh, Hamilton here, and it was my first job. I remember I was too young to get a job, so I lied about my age, um nice. to get that job because uh you know my parents my parents held on to their money. It was like money was not for kids. So if you wanted something, you had to go and work for it in order to get the things that you wanted. So uh, I learned the value of uh, hard work very early on. Um, I remember all, I think all I did was pick up garbage, but in my mind, I had like a fancier job. So I would like, you know, like, you know, instead of being like the, the, the janitor, I was like, you know, the director of environmental, (laughs) (laughs) environmental upkeep or something. Right. So, but yeah, that was, that was my first job. That was my first taste of the, of the monies. Yeah. I mean, what did that feel like for you? Were you like, yes, I get some freedom. Yeah. Absolutely. Because it was like, now no one could tell me what I could and could not buy. Right. Um, And it felt very, it felt very comfortable for me. And it was little did I know it was like the beginning of nobody can tell Vivian what to do. (laughs) I love how even your very first job was so unconventional. Like my favorite thing about working with so many entrepreneurs at the Founders Fund and working with you and Sheena is when I hear stories about when people were kids or getting their first jobs, you see the pattern so clearly in hindsight that they were meant to be an exceptional entrepreneur. And I love hearing that your first job was like just so badass. Like that's cool as hell. I sold pies on a roadside stand and pumpkins. That sounds like, pretty dope. I mean, I thought it was dope at the time. I was like pretty into it, but, <laughs> but yeah, that's, I love your first job was at a water park. So um, Viv, what led you to starting your company? Like your first company? Uh, well, uh, as I mentioned before, I was a, one of three girls or one of four girls, sorry. And my older sister got married um, and we had hired a decorator. That decorator sucked. Well, because she wanted more money than what she had promised to do. So um, she said, oh, yeah, I'll do your wedding for a thousand dollars. And then a week before the wedding, she's like, oh, I need another thousand dollars. So we ended up having to fire her and hire another random decorator. And she did a craptastic job. So at that point, I saw there was a problem. The problem was we need simple yet beautiful decor, but we don't want to put, you know, a mortgage payment, like a mortgage down payment to do it. Right. So um, when I looked around the market, there was no one at the time doing simple yet fabulous weddings. So then, okay, cool. I had a knack for decor. I I loved watching TLC when it used to be a decor, you know, more home, you know, I don't even know what to call it, like a home network. Yeah. 
And um, so then I just put what I'd learned on my nine to five, which was the marketing um, and the customer service and all that. And then I took my love of decor and making people happy. And I, and I made that into a business. Was that scary at first? At first, because everyone, everyone around me was like, what are you doing? Why are you doing that? Cause it started out as a side, as a side hustle. Mm-hmm. But once I got fired, I was like, you know what? Let me just do it. Like, let me just put my full ass into it. What's the worst that could happen at the time? I was a single woman. You know, I had, I just lived in an apartment. I had no real responsibilities. So that was the time to just do it. And you know what? You had that conditioning that you didn't fit in anyway. Right. Right. You know? So it's like, nobody's like, why aren't you going to medical school, Viv? You're like, I've never fit in. So like, why would I start no. now? Like, it's And even all the jobs that I had, I was really the intrapreneur. So I was either the only person in that department that did what she did, or I was, or I worked at startups, but at the time they weren't called startups. <laughs> right. Yeah. Um, so I'd already, I'd already learned how to work on my own and how to be productive and do and do what needs to be done and consistency, except I just took what I'd learned and applied it to the business. I love that. I love that so much. So at this point in the story, you've been fired from your full-time job. You have started your side hustle more as a full-time business doing wedding decor. What happens next? What's the next big thing in the story of Viv? Well, the story of Viv, uh, what happened was I was doing weddings. I was, it was a six-figure business. Um, but then I needed some, I needed, I needed to protect my hair. So we black women, we tend to wear a lot of wigs and weaves and braids and we call and it's called a protective style. So any black woman you're seeing in popular culture, so Oprah, Serena Williams, Beyonce, they're all wearing protective styles. But I wanted something that looked like my hair, that looked like it grew out of my head. And when I went looking for it, I found that either it didn't exist or if it did exist, it was buried underneath silkier textures. Mm-hmm. Now, you know, this is a whole other like talking about black women in hair is a whole other episode. You could, mm-hmm. if you, if you Google the other, if you Google my name, you'll find a whole bunch of podcasts where I talk about it. But needless to say, I found a solution because I needed to solve my own problem. And then what happened was I went to a meetup event and another black woman came up to me and asked me, who did my hair? Who was my hairdresser? What was my regimen to, to get my hair looking the way it was? And this was when I was wearing the product that I had sourced to solve my own problem. And I was like, girl, this is a weave. And she said, I would buy that. And I thought light bulb, that light bulb went off because I'm like, wow, if she would buy it and I bought it, there's got to be at least a dozen other women who would buy it. Mm -hmm. And plus, because I was trying to solve my own problem, I was already in the forums and the Facebook groups. And I saw that other people also had this problem. So I had proof of concept before I even, but I thought, no, I'm already running this, you know, this wedding business. I like it. It's buying me coach bags and vacations. I'm happy. (laughs) Let me just keep it simple. But Something about something about the something about the being online because this is back in 2012, right? So e-commerce was just becoming a thing for regular people like you and I. And um, in December of 2012, I, I just woke up that day and said, "I'm gonna do kinky curly yaki." Amazing. So you woke up that day. You're like kinky curly yaki. It's gonna be a thing. Do you go? I'm gonna run both of these businesses, or were you thinking I just want to transition to just kinky curly yaki? How did that happen? Um, I wanted to run both businesses um, until life happened to me. I got pregnant. 
Mm, let's talk about that for a little bit because that uh, that impacts a lot of women uh, business owners. And yeah, tell us how that went down. Uh, well, yeah, I was, um, you know, I was in a relationship um, and I got pregnant and I was 36 years old and thought, well, okay, well, this is, <laughs> let's have a baby. Um, so I was running Vivian's Decor and running Kinky Curliaki and fully pregnant um, and then uh, I, I, I want to say back in 2015, when Kinky Carly Yaki really started to take off, because I, I started to see the traction I was getting. I was like, wow, I'm making all this money and I'm not even putting my full ass into it. What would happen if I put my whole ass into it? And then I, so then I, I shut down Vivian Sikor in 2015, April 2015, sold off all the inventory and fully focused on Kinky Carly Yaki. I love that. Was that a hard decision to make? It was because Vivian's Decor is my first baby. It was the first business I started from zero. Um, You know, you have to keep in mind, I'm a college dropout. I don't, I had no experience with decor. I had, I just literally made stuff up as I was going along, but I focused on what I was good at. And I was good at talking to brides and making them feel better or feel good about their, you know, one of the biggest days of their life. And so then the decor I could learn. But, you know, giving other women that confidence, that's where I got that first taste of, Mm -hmm. oh, I got something. I can really Mm -hmm. give other women confidence to do or feel comfortable about their day. So I love that. So, Viv, you just touched on something that I think is really interesting. The fact that Kinky Curly Yaki was not your first business. Most of the successful entrepreneurs that I look up to have had multiple businesses, whether or not they've sold them or they've completely tanked. Um, But I talk to a lot of women that are just starting their first business and they're thinking this is going to be it forever. And if this doesn't work out, I probably have to go work at a bank or like, you know, get, get the template job. What would you say to a woman that is feeling like her first business is not working out, especially in COVID? So many startups have gone under. (sighs) You know, it's, I, I think, you know, like you, you got to know when to hold, know when to fold. Like, you know, like, you know, like, you know, when it's time. Right. But then you also know, you know what, this is just a lull. I just have to ride this out um, and just push through or, you know, or even think, am I really doing enough to make this, to make this work? Am I doing the like all that I can to make sure that this survives. Cause I bet you eight times out of 10, you're not, you're not actually functioning or doing what you need to do at full capacity, but you're too busy. Woe is me. Woe is me. Oh my God. Well, are you really, are you really doing all that you can to, to save this business? There was some advice that you gave this past year in a founders fund mentor session. And now I can't remember what the mentor session was, but it was the brilliant. The advice you said, you said, you can always do something. There's always an email you can send. There's always something you can research. Like there's always something small you can do. If you're feeling like a victim, feeling desperate, feeling that like, like trying to tread water type feeling, you can do something. It might not be huge. It might be not the big turnaround you want, but you can do something small today that's going to turn into something bigger. And I thought that that was just like some of the most brilliant Vivian advice that I've ever received. So I just wanted to make sure that And you know what? It's those little things. It's those little things that you do that make the big differences. You cannot underestimate the power of doing that one little thing. You can't. Because if I think like when I think back on my journey, it's like, wow, had I not 
gotten fired from that job. Like when I think back on all the, like everything, had I not gotten fired from that job, had I not, you know, um, you know, bought that shirt at Banana Republic so that the guy that I was interviewing me recognized the shirt and asked me about my background. And then he found out that I didn't have a college education and I wasn't qualified for the job, but he liked me enough to give me a chance. Like there's all these little things that, that are, that sew up your life that it's like thread through your life. And when you look back at them, you're like, wow, I thought that was so insignificant, but it was really a big fucking deal. Mm -hmm. I love those moments. That's yeah. what's the the beautiful thing about getting older. I'm one of the people that like, I embrace getting older. I love getting older. I'm only 30. I recognize that. But like ever since I was a kid, I was like, it's going to be great to be older 30. I'm stoked to be 40 uh, one day, hopefully. Uh, and that's what I love. You can really see the patterns and the threads throughout your life that have brought you to where you are. And I love that you even talk about like that shirt that you were wearing was significant. The fact that you didn't go to school was significant. I want to pivot a little bit and talk about the bad for business factor because it's something you, Sheena, and I all share. We come from like untraditional, not, <laughs> we didn't go to business school. We came from very untraditional academic backgrounds. Uh, how did you feel about that when you started your businesses? versus now? Has it changed? I'm pretty damn proud of myself. Yeah. Because there's a lot of people out here who are telling people like us that we can't do it, that we have no mm -hmm. business doing what we do, that there's no way you're going to succeed because you don't have A, B, and C. Well, guess what, motherfucker? I got J, H, and W, <laughs> and I still made it happen. Mm -hmm. so. Hell yeah. It was too that's bad what for makes business. me bad for business because I'm not doing things the way they're supposed to be done. I'm doing them the way Vivian is doing it, period. Viv, you are so powerful. I, I love I love that we're going here with this conversation. I do want to get a little bit back to your, your story of Kinky Curly Yaki. So at this point in the story, boys and girls, we are talking about uh, Vivian having launched Kinky Curly Yaki, having it be crazy successful, closing down your other business so that you can put your full ass into Kinky Curly Yaki. What happens next? You got this baby, you got Kinky Curly Yaki. What's going on? Um, well, my personal life went to shit, mm. right? The, the, the person who um, I thought was supposed to, you know, I was supposed to go on this, this, this life journey with um, decided that I was not the person to do it with. And so that sort of sent me into a, a depression, to be honest. Um, and it also, and this was all in 2016, and it also happened to be the same year I hit my first million dollars in sales. Damn, that is such a conflicting feeling, I'm sure. Absolutely. So, freaking lonely. <laughs> what, <laughs> what did you do when you hit your first million? How did you celebrate? I didn't even, I didn't realize I'd done it actually. So what happened was um, I was part of this uh, six figure forum, uh, six figure entrepreneur forum for e-commerce businesses. And they all had these little flags, flares on their name. And I saw people with million dollar flares and I was like, oh, I wonder if I could have a million dollar flare. I knew for sure I was over 250,000, but you know, I don't know. Let me go check. I go clickety click, click around in Shopify, run some reports. And I was like, wait a minute. That says over a million. And that was like, I'd done that like three months ago. 
<laughs> but I was Damn. just so I was in the depths of depression that I didn't like I was just because I'd set up my business as you know with a, with a bunch of systems and processes that I could do consistently without having to think because I was already going through an emotional thing I was just doing things sort of muscle memory I hadn't even paid attention to 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 the numbers that's so, crazy yeah it was crazy <laughs> So obviously you are, uh, you're our bubbly viv now that we all know and love. How did you climb out of that kind of personal setback? Well, you know, Amanda, you were talking earlier about hitting 40 and you know, you hope, well, that's what happens. Once you hit 40, you just stop giving a fuck. Mm. <laughs> Looking you, just, you, you really stop. Like you, you realize that you'd spent your first, like, you know, let's say 20 years, like, or sorry, your past 20 years, I'll say 20 to 40 you know, trying to please people, trying to be this and trying to fit the mold. And then you realize, oh, that shit doesn't even matter because the people who are all in the molds are miserable. Mm. The people who were, who went by the templates, they're all unhappy. They're having midlife crises. This is. Crisi Rambai? Crisi Rambai? What? <laughs> but, and so then I was like, you know what? I'm done trying to fit in that box. I'm done. It's over. I'm going to full out be a parallelogram. I'm going to full out be a rhombus. I'm going to be 100% Vivian. So and that's Viv what happens when you turn 40. You just stop giving a fuck. I mean, hell yeah. And honestly, you give that advice to our team so well because the shit that I get hung up on, it takes you like a second to shake me out of it, to be like, this doesn't fucking matter, Amanda. Like, buck up. Let's get on with it. No, but seriously, because I get in my head about stuff and you pull me out so quick like nobody I've ever met before. It's just such a, a beautiful thing that you do. Um, I know that a lot of people are probably wondering, does this mean that you are a single mom running a business full time, making all the money and raising a human being? Yes. And I've managed to keep him alive for the past six years. It's mind blowing. Thank you. Thank He's you. very cute too. He's very Thank well behaved too. I did well. I'm going to keep him. I'm going to keep yeah. Him. Yeah. Keep him around for now. We'll see. <laughs> probation. 10 year probation for kids. So Viv, what's going on right now in your world? Because I know that it's more than just kinky curly yaki at this point. You've expanded in so many ways. Tell us what's going on right now for you. Well, I do a lot of founders fun stuff. Mm -hmm. You know, I, uh, you know, I'm the, the chief, uh, I like to call myself the chief encouragement officer slash mm -hmm. chief marketing officer slash co-owner slash Vivian's doing some stuff. Um, Slash so ass kicker. You kick ass our asses. Kicker, bad ass of, yeah. Yes. Uh, so there's that. Um, and then also, you know, with COVID hitting uh, everyone earlier this year, um, my my Kinky Curly Aki took a hit. The supply chain mm. took a hit. Um, and, you know, in, in true typical Vivian style, instead of sitting down, you know, I did have my moments of woe is me, but I picked myself back up and said, what can I do that will make a difference? Um, and for me, it was doing more founders fun stuff, helping women, um, you know, get access to resources, the network in order to help grow and build their business. Um, it's helping store owners, you know, people who were in brick and mortar stores pivot to online so that they can continue supporting their families and their communities. It's sharing the wealth of knowledge that I've, I've gained over these past 15 years as an entrepreneur and sharing that in the most Vivianist of ways mm -hmm. on, you know, on, on platforms like Instagram. Um, so it's, it's, it's been an amazing journey. And again, when I look back at all those little things that I did to prepare me for the moment that I'm in now, 
It makes so much sense. It makes so much sense. I'm telling, you know, I tell people, you know, sometimes it doesn't make sense right now, but it will make sense. It will. Mm -hmm. I love that. And I'd love to know what your kind of parting wisdom for anybody listening, struggling in their business, struggling with 2020. What would your parting bit of wisdom be? My parting word of wisdom. I would say, focus on the good. If you focus on on the good, more good will come. I'm a big fan of, I know it sounds kind of woo-woo and, you know, whatever, but the law of attraction, it works. Because if you focus on all the negative stuff, guess what? All kinds of negative shit's going to keep happening. Mm -hmm. But I choose to find the silver lining in everything. Now, it's not that I'm doing this whole toxic positivity and I, you know, I I positive my way out of everything. No, I, if something's really shitty, I see it for the shitty thing that it is, but I take that shit and I turn it into manure, right? So I try to see the silver lining in everything and make it work for me. Or if it doesn't work, okay, let's pivot. Let's go do something else. But listen, I got one life to live and I didn't come here to be mediocre. Mm -hmm. And you know what, Viv? You are not mediocre. You are one of the most exceptional women, both business-wise and just as a woman in general that I have ever met. And I'm so honored to have you on our team. I am so honored to get to work with you every day. And I'm so honored that you uh, kick my ass on a (laughs) frequent basis to get me out of my head. (laughs) And on that note, Vivian, thank you so much for being here. This was a great conversation. I hope everybody at home is getting as much value out of this as I just did. And I hope you have a great day. Thank you. You too. Hey everyone, it's Amanda and I am back with a little bit of bonus content for you. So what happened after our episode was completed recording, Vivian and I were just kind of talking off record and we were getting into a little bit of stuff about legacy and about not fitting the traditional mold of what a successful business leader and entrepreneur look like. And at one point I hit record because what Vivian was saying was so valuable and impactful and I really wanted to share it with everybody. So with Vivian's consent, here's a little clip of our off the record, now on the record conversation about legacy and being an unconventional founder. I hope you like it karma out there and it's and it's coming back to me is 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 amazing it's an amazing thing to watch because I truly do think that goodness and mercy follows me because honestly I should be dead (laughs) I should be dead but the universe had other plans (laughs) Got me in my thug feelings. Got you in those thug tears. I also um, hit record mid that because that was just so powerful. We don't have to use it for anything. I just thought, oh, fuck, like people would, I don't know. We'll see how it records after. I was just like, fuck, this is so valuable. Um, Viv, fuck. I feel like you just, you just blew up a little bit of the system. Like, that's what I, I feel like you're a superhero at the end of it. Like, I took, I took the template and I shredded it. I destroyed yeah. it. I burned it up because there is no, there is no reason why we can't succeed. There is no reason why, like, there's no reason why 
you can't succeed and still be authentically yourself, whatever the fuck that means, whatever kind of weirdo you are, whatever kind of cultural anything you have, you can do whatever. Like that, and the that's what needs more of that. The, the world, world needs more, more of that. Because I'm pretty sure we would solve a whole lot that we would solve a lot of issues if people were just themselves. Mm-hmm. And listened and you know got a diversity of opinion and a diversity of thought and 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 started listening to people who don't look like them or doing the same thing and oh I mean the the fact that you're doing what you're doing and the way that you're doing it and being so transparent about your journey and your experience you are going to show so many people that they don't have to be that fucking template that they can be successful and they can be happy and they can get what they want and they don't have to wear the fucking pantsuit they don't have to have the business degree they don't have to have the right accent or the right skin tone or the right hairstyle like they don't have to have any of that shit if they don't want it and you are one of those women that are showing people that they don't have to fucking do that. It's incredible. It is the most powerful thing building your legacy. I promise you that. Like I, I'm seeing it all unfold and I'm just, I'm blown away. Yeah. <laughs> I just, I just. <sighs> Fuck what a day. Yeah. It's an, it's, it's, it's a, it's a day. It's a day. Well, Viv, congrats again. <laughs> You're an entrepreneur expert. The fuck? Can you please go back in like your head and tell little baby Viv, the one that's getting shit at school for not being like everybody else? Can you be like, don't worry, honey, you're going to be an entrepreneurial expert on national TV. Can you go so, and tell her that? You know, so that's what I, that's what made me, that's what made me do the breakdown sob. Because it's literally, it's all the people who told me that I couldn't, all the people who tried to make me into something that I wasn't, even for me, even, you know, younger Viv, who's trying to make herself into something she isn't, mm-hmm. to know that all I had to do was be myself? Are you serious? <laughs> it just, yeah. be myself. <laughs> It's hard to do. I mean, I'm over here tearing up too because I have had a couple of conversations with baby Amanda recently where it's just like, fuck, I wish I could just tell her that she didn't have to do that bullshit. She didn't have to do that song and dance. She'd be fine. Literally a year and a half ago, I was told that I couldn't get a director title because I didn't have a degree in business. And now I'm a COO of two incredible companies. And it's just like, really? Fuck you. <laughs> Fuck you you and your opinions. (laughs) Literally. Literally. Uh, Anyway, Viv. This has been another episode of your favorite unconventional and unfiltered business podcast, Bad for Business. We'll see you again next week with your regular host, Vivian Kay, where we'll be finding out more real stories behind the success of another bad for business entrepreneur. In the meantime, be sure to connect with Founders Fund community at foundersfund.ca.